0: Uh, actually, if you're going to reverse your diabetes, you need to increase your carbohydrate intake.
1: What if I told you that you had the power to change your life today just by choosing what you will eat next? Welcome to the podcast, Eat Your Best Life, where together through interviews and conversations, we dig deep into the power of plant based nutrition and other lifestyle changes in enhancing your life, both physically and spiritually. If you are ready to level up concerning your health, then this is the show for you. I am your host, Cersei Blue. Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Eat Your Best Life. I'm your host, Cersei Blue, a.k.a. The Faithful Vegan. So now that February is over, I'm going to be announcing in about a week or so the winners of The two books, The End of Heart Disease by Dr. Joel Fuhrman and How to Lose 100 Pounds in 100 Days by the Minister of Wellness. So look out for that. Also, just another reminder, please rate and review this podcast if you are enjoying these episodes as it helps us to expand our reach to help more people. Also, I hang out on Instagram at thefaithful.vegan. And I'm also on Facebook as The Faithful Vegan. Lastly, if you want to join this podcast community, please join the Eat Your Best Life private Facebook group so we can extend this conversation. So let's jump in. I have an amazing episode for you today on the topic of preventing, managing, and reversing your diabetes. So if you are someone or you know someone that is struggling with prediabetes or diabetes, then this is a must listen. I had a wonderful conversation with Stephen Wickham from the Grundy Reversing Diabetes Seminars. The Grundy Reversing Diabetes Seminars is a community-based education program that is focused on diabetes prevention and reversal. So Stephen and his wife, Karen, developed this amazing program to meet a need in their community after learning that their county had the lowest health rankings in the state of Tennessee. Stephen holds a master's degree in public administration and undergraduate degrees in music and nursing. Stephen is currently the author and the director of the Grundy Reversing Diabetes Seminars. He has conducted multiple seminars across the Southeast and has trained over 900 people to date on how to conduct these seminars. I must tell you this, I was one of the 900 people that was trained to conduct this seminar. And I am a witness to the impact that these seminars have in the community. I conducted one seminar um, in my community, and it was amazing to see lives change right before your eyes. So in this episode, Stephen talks everything diabetes and what you need to do to prevent, manage, or reverse your diabetes. He talks about common misconceptions about diabetes, and he also sheds light on evidence-based research that will give you, the listeners, hope, resolve, and tools to fight for your health. He goes into details about the structure of the program and why it has been so successful in helping so many people reverse their diabetes. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the man with a heart for his community, Stephen Wickham. Hi, Stephen. I am so excited to have you on Eat Your Best Life. Um, I'm someone who has, who is a fan of the Grundy Reversing Diabetes Seminar, and I've seen it myself um, actually change lives. So let's just jump right in. Can you just tell me... Um, tell the audience the story behind how the Grundy Reversing Diabetes Seminar was born, and how did you get that started?
0: Well, uh, we, we we actually started in 2012. We had uh, um, sort of personal crises going on in our lives. I mean, I'm, mine was sort of a spiritual uh, thing, and with Karen, she had, we had been caregivers of her dad and stepmom for several years prior to their, uh, their death. And after they died, uh, Karen had been praying. What's my, uh, what is my, um, purpose in life for years? She had just cared for her dad and stepmom. And prior to that, she'd been, uh, uh, an executive nurse, um, helping support, uh, software, medical software. And, um, anyway, But I brought a paper home one day and put the paper on the island in the kitchen, laid there a couple days, and she picked it up. And that paper had uh, an announcement from the Grundy County Health Council indicating that the state of Tennessee had just done an assessment and found out that our county had some real big needs. So they were looking for volunteers to serve on the health council. Well, she said, Well, I can do that. So she went. And at that health council, we found out that Grundy County actually was the bottom of the totem pole. We uh, we were the out of ninety five counties in the state of Tennessee, we were the we were number ninety five. And when they listed out those top problems in the county, what they discovered, well, I mean, what we what we observed rather was that uh, four out of the five actually related to diabetes. We said, well, you know, I I looked at Karen after she came home and told me about it. I said, you know, I think God holds us accountable for living in the middle of this people and doing nothing for them. I said, knowing what we know, we we really ought to be sharing with our neighbors. And so we decided that we would help. Now, at that meeting, she had an opportunity to apply for a grant. Um, I mean, actually, the the director of the Uh, the chairman of the program said, we have an opportunity. If anyone's interested in applying, here you go. And she dropped the paper on the table. Well, everybody left that room except Karen. And she went up and said, I think I'm interested in that. And the lady picked up the paper, handed it to her, said, take it home. And, um, read it over so she did there was less than a month to apply we had lived in the county we had moved there to help take care of her dad and stepmom after they had uh, gotten to where they couldn't care for themselves and um so there was the uh, there was this change in roles. Karen felt like she had lived under a rock for years and she knew nothing about her County, but she jumped to the task and she started going out and meeting people and networking. And, uh, within, uh, by the deadline date, uh, about three and a half weeks later or so they had put together a grant proposal and submitted it. And, uh, the County was awarded that grant, which included, um, uh, funds to be spread over the next four years. It was $160,000 to be given over four years. And we had to write into that grant what we were going to do, which included uh, we, we, we diabetes education. And uh, they were using the Stanford Diabetes Management course, but we wanted to go a step further than that. So, we suggested uh a um i mean we wrote into a grant a proposal that what we do is teach diabetes reversal in the community. Well, that sort of took hold I mean the first program that we put on uh we started seeing results but to back up a little bit the um um the the thing that we wanted to do was hold this program and we started looking for affordable educational curriculum and we could not find any that was affordable uh there were there were a couple people that had programs one was an inpatient program it was trademarked they wouldn't allow us to use it in in the community and i understand that the other one was uh a great community education program, but it mandated that each participant pay for uh, $399 at that time. It's gone up since then. And, you know, that's something our county couldn't afford. We were one of the poorest counties in the state. Homes, uh, the average home was a multiple wage earner home. And even with that, the average income at that point in time was just over $24,000 a year. And when you're struggling to pay rent and buy food and and uh, gas for the car and things like that, you can you cannot afford uh, that kind of uh, money. So I said, fine, I'll write a program. I have a background in science and uh, I can read the abstracts. Uh, we had already been exposed to a program that was similar that we, uh, you know, I just sort of mind the bibliography, say, I'll, I'll go back to first source articles and we'll start reading and we'll put together a program. So that's how Grundy County came into being. And then after people, I mean, Grundy reversing diabetes came into being. Uh, so anyway, um, we, we put together this program and within a year or so, um, people started finding out what we were doing outside of the county. And this st- began asking us, could you tell us, teach us how to do what you're doing? So we did. So there you go. Grundy reversing diabetes was born, based out of need. And, you know, I think it, it really has a uh, um, biblical throwback, if you please, you know, in scriptures it says, first will be last, the last will be first. So let's take advantage of that. And right. uh, anyway, I don't know that we're number one yet, but we're on the way.
1: Wow, that sounds really amazing how you're able to just fill that gap in the community and develop this program that is now affecting so many people's lives across the country. So let's jump into the diabetes aspect, because I think a lot of people that are listening, um, a lot of us, we're not totally aware of what diabetes is, even when we have it. And so can you tell the audience about the different types of diabetes?
0: Okay, well, there, there are several. The most common is um, type 2 diabetes. That's what most people get. And it's caused because of insulin resistance. That's the primary cause. But it can also be caused because of uh, uh, gut dysbiosis. Now, by that, I'm, I'm talking about the bacteria that grow in your intestine. Uh, and then third, third thing that can cause it is mitochondrial dysfunction. The mitochondria are like little furnaces inside each cell that take the food that we eat and convert it into uh, ATP, which is the, a form of energy that your body uses. And the fourth cause of diabetes can also be stress. Uh, so, uh, that type two diabetes caused by increased insulin resistance. It's really a lifestyle disease. It is caused by, um, uh, highly eating, highly processed foods, oils, fats, um, uh, fried foods, sugary beverages, things of that nature. And, uh, It actually relates to all four of these areas in one way or another, and we could go very deep into that discussion, but it's characterized by usually elevated blood sugars. Now, a lot of people think if they can take medicines and keep their blood sugars under control, they don't have diabetes, a lot of the common people call diabetes just sugar. They say, well, I, I don't have sugar. I take the pill. Right. No, you take the pill because you have sugar diabetes. So uh, you have type 2 diabetes. Um, the type 1 diabetes is a completely different disease. I wish they didn't refer to it by the same name, but uh, it is um, it is a form of diabetes where it's an autoimmune disease where the body makes antibodies against the cells in the pancreas that make insulin and begins destroying those cells. These antibodies you make are destroying those cells, and uh, that can cause it. Then there's uh, a genetic form of diabetes, monogenic diabetes. You have uh, LATA, which is uh, uh, a t- very similar to type 1 diabetes, but it has a real slow onset and typically occurs in adulthood. And you can have both type 1 and type 2 diabetes at the same time. And uh, um, so uh, you can have uh, gestational diabetes. Now, that's very similar to type 2 diabetes, but uh, a young woman would get this kind of diabetes when she's pregnant with an infant. And then when she delivers the infant, um, the diabetes typically resolves and goes away. Not it 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 should be a big wake up call to the mother because about 70% of those women within the next 10 to 15 years will convert over and they'll become full blown type 2 diabetics so um you know it, it it's just something that we need to um treat very quickly and very aggressively through lifestyle and uh, you can live for years without type 2 diabetes Wow, and so when you talked about the lada, is
1: that what you refer to as the one point five diabetes? I know a lot of times people don't talk about that one much.
0: Yes, that is another name for the same disorder and with 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 lada, you just have that slow adult onset, but these t- the people with lada will not have insulin resistance. Well, how do you know if you have insulin resistance? There are tests that can be done for it one of the one of the best is. Uh, and easiest to do, like in a doctor's office, would be something that's called a HOMA, H-O-M-A-I-R, a HOMA-I-R test. Uh, unfortunately, insurance companies don't typically pay for the HOMA-I-R, but if they would, we could know 10 12, 14 years, sometimes in advance that a person is heading down that road to getting diabetes, you could take inter- early interventions and prevent diabetes altogether. together. Wow. But wow, that's
1: good information. Um, so I think what many people are probably thinking now is, how how do you reverse because the, the the title of the of the grundy is reversing diabetes so how do you reverse diabetes and back to what you said earlier you mentioned that a lot of people go to the doctor they're getting insulin or metformin or some kind of drug and they kind of think okay i'm kind of cured because my blood sugar levels are okay but really the root cause hasn't been dealt with so how does someone reverse their diabetes, and can everyone reverse reverse their diabetes, whether you have one or two or
0: 1.5? Well, you know, they, there's, there's mixed literature on this, and um, how you reverse it, you know, you have to go back to each one of these root causes that I already spoke about, and you address them. Uh, whether a person can reverse or not, we are not totally able to uh, predict that in uh, the the medical community right now, although there are some people that we know can reverse much easier than others. And certainly, the sooner you get diabetes after diagnosis, the greater your chances of reversing are. The more of the interventions that you take up that address these uh core problems the root causes of diabetes the greater your chances so it's really how hard do you want to do it how much do you want to do, uh, do this for yourself are you willing to get uh, um, educated and jump in and try some people find we've, we've seen people uh, the doctors have taken them off their medications in four, within four weeks of uh, being on a reversal program. And we have seen others that it's been a much more gradual process. They're still working to to reverse uh, two or three years later, but they're still making progress down that road. And that's one of the reasons why I like the word reversal, because it sort of runs the disease in reverse. When you correct those underlying causes, the the blood sugars gradually start coming down, excess weight, begins dropping off, uh, you know, as you begin exercising, uh, it, 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 starts making other changes in your life and altogether, all of these things can cause a person to reverse. Now in, um, you know, we've been looking at our, our results and usually if a person will do the kind of things that we ask them to do, they're going to see a significant improvement. Will they have completely reversed? Um, probably about a third of the people that will do the things that we ask them to do uh, about a third of those will reverse Uh, a third will within a year's point period of time. That is a third will have significantly improved their health. Their uh, medications will be down. Uh, They may not have totally reversed the diabetes process, but uh, they're, they're well on the way. And then a third typically don't you know they're non responders so how how do we know you don't i don't uh, the only way i can tell a person they could you know is jump in and try but worst case scenario if you do the kind of things we tell you to do your health is going to improve. You're going to have more energy. You're going to feel better. You know, the whole outlook on life, yes. gets better. And it happens right away. I think of one lady, right. she told me she's, you know, this, this lady came to the program. Uh, she weighed over 300 pounds and, uh, she, she was 59 years old. She came in in the Walker, um, and I, I took one look at her and her medical history, and I thought she is so far down the diabetes path. I don't know that this person could possibly reverse. But that's that was just my thought. Mm-hmm. But but you can't you can't label somebody like that because we're all bio individuals, and you know you can't you can't tell God he can't reach his hand in that person's life even. But right. these people when they start trying, you know. This lady lost five pounds and she said, I can't tell you how much better I felt after that first five pound weight loss. Wow. She, uh, you know, now she's lost more than eighty pounds. She, her doctor, I think she was on seventeen medications. She's down to five medications now. She, she's thrown her walker away. The knee replacement that the doctor told her she had to have, uh, now she no longer needs. He's actually released her for light activity, and uh, she's walking about a mile or so a day. Uh, she is feeling great. She's volunteering. Uh, she's telling everybody. Where she goes that you can get rid of this diabetes uh-huh. and uh, blood sugars are back to normal. Her life has totally been transformed and uh, that, that can be other people's um, uh, experience, but it no one should uh, uh, fool themselves. For many people, these kind of lifestyle changes are difficult and it takes time. It takes persistence. But if you're willing to work on it and and do it, the payoff is so worth it.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I know before we get into the format and the, the structure of the program, I know that a lot of statistics or studies show that as the obesity rates are to rise in the country, so did, obese, so did diabetes. Can you just talk for a couple minutes on what is the link between obesity and diabetes? That's an
0: excellent point. You know, diabetes is caused, one of the root causes is increased insulin resistance. And we've learned over the past 10 years that one of the greatest causes of that increased insulin resistance is actually too much fat in the muscle, in the liver, and in the pancreas. And it causes inc- increased insulin resistance. So if you're going to reverse, one of the first things you need to do is go on a low-fat, a naturally low-fat diet. So we need to shy away from the foods that are naturally high in fat. Uh, and I would, I would, I could direct people real quickly to the plant-based foods, you know, the vegetables, the, the, uh, not, especially the green leafy and the non-starchy vegetables. Those are absolutely critical. Critical for a person to be eating so you need to uh, gravitate to those kind of things because that will help um, that will help lower the fat in the muscle and in the uh, liver and in the pancreas so uh, we we've got to change the foods that we eat the where we get in trouble with our foods is we get in trouble when we uh refine our foods and in the refining process what you do is you separate fiber and i might add that when you separate (coughs) excuse me when you separate the fiber you also separate most of the nutrition that is in the food and uh so you you When you lose that, you lose a great deal that you need in order to have good, balanced nutrition. Does the food that the refined foods we eat, do they taste good? Absolutely. You know, people spend millions of dollars trying to make tantalizing foods that you'll want to uh, fight to get off the grocery store shelves. I mean, it's all about making a buck there, but that's not necessarily what gives us the good health that we really want as well. So um, we, we've we got to decrease the fat. Now, the worst fat are the trans fats. And the trans fats, another name for those, would be um, um, partially hydrogenated vegetable shortening. Now, the U.S. government uh put past regulations that said the food manufacturers had to get these out of the food supply by January of 2018, I believe it was. Uh, but if it created a hardship for the food manufacturer, then they could apply for an exception. So we still see these partially hydrogenated uh oils in our foods everywhere, and they are the worst at- uh causing this insulin resistance and making your diabetes worse so you'll find them in things like baked goods especially cakes cakes pies uh muffins uh cookies et cetera etc cetera. so uh you will also find them in a lot of uh things like uh um biscuits you know when you get the like frozen biscuit doughs or things like that uh they they will be in there so those are all sources that we need to carefully uh watch and try to uh steer away from second fat is uh, saturated fats we have gotten uh to where in America we seem to think that we have to get our protein. We have talked about getting protein, and, uh, you know, and this this is a uh, really a myth that has developed over the years, and it's become a self-perpetuating myth. It's been accepted as truth. You read fitness magazines and things of that nature, and you're seeing. Uh, uh, all these recommendations on how you know how you should get more more protein in our diet, and so we've in our effort to be healthful over the years, we've gravitated to that. Now, when it comes to fast food, that makes it easy because burger, fries, and a coke. I'm getting my right. I'm getting my vegetables. I'm getting my my meat, my protein. I'm getting the things I need for good health. And uh, I mean that's what we think, and it's actually a myth. Protein is a part of every living substance. Right. We eat the cow, but where does the cow get their protein? Right. They get it from the grass. You know, they uh, they get it from uh, um, from the grains that they eat. So you know, we don't have to have to get our uh, protein just from animal sources. And it just so happens that these animal sources are very high in saturated fats. Right, right. And that's going to make diabetes worse. Right. So can, can, do we need to worry about protein? Absolutely not. You know, you can go totally plant-based and you're still going to get far more protein than what you need. And, if you, and now if you doubt that, I would like to encourage your listeners mm-hmm. to get online, go to Netflix or uh, or uh, whatever their, you know, their, their video Source is, and look at the the video. For instance, Game Changers just came out yeah, recently. Yeah, that
1: was a powerful one.
0: It, it certainly is, but it will uh, uh, it will show that even athletes in 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 peak training can get plenty of protein without having to go to the uh, you know all the, the the meat sources or the high fat sources as well.
1: That's true, and isn't it true that even though we're so obsessed with protein, the thing that most Americans lack is actually fiber? Can you talk a little bit about the, the fiber component as it relates to the diabetes? Reversal?
0: You know, I tell people oftentimes I said diabetes is caused because of a fiber deficiency. Ah, yes, and and, and that is really true because uh, the fiber number one is associated with all the high nutrients. I mean, like the bran of the wheat, the most of the nutrients in your wheat grain lie immediately under the skin so when you strip the fiber off the bran off the wheat you've stripped the fiber but you strip the nutrients now it becomes an inflammatory food the amazing thing about fiber is when you eat fiber the fiber forms a gel in the intestine uh and and it and it slows the absorption of sugars so um, um, it it becomes critically important that a person increase their fiber if they're going to reverse their diabetes. And the only place we can get fiber is from plant foods. There is no fiber in meat. There's no fiber in cheese. There's no fiber in, in dairy. There's no fiber in eggs. It only comes from the plant sources. And so uh, we recommend, you know, the average American, uh, Let's, let's put it this way. Only 3% of people in America are getting enough fiber in their diet. And when we're talking about enough fiber, we're saying I'm using the minimum amount that they recommend, which would be 30 grams of fiber a day. The average American is, is eating 15 grams, 15 to 16 grams a day. So you're getting roughly half of what you need. But in order to reverse diabetes, we we, we teach people you need at least 50 grams of fiber a day. Now, some people get really shocked about that. Yeah. They say, oh, that's just that's just too much fiber. Yeah. Well, it is too much fiber if you're going to make the change from right here to, you know, today to 15, from 15 grams to 50 grams tomorrow. I mean, if you do that, you're not going to like me. You're going to (laughs) to abandon the program. You'll have bloating. You'll have gas. You won't not be nice to be around and uh, you'll, you'll give up the program. So don't do that. And there's a reason why that causes all the bloating and gas. You know, our bodies are Well I I, I say our bodies are adaptable, but actually your gut microbiome is what's so adaptable. With your gut microbiome, you have uh, you know we we grow about a hundred trillion bacteria in our our, our gut. And there's they're about ten times more cells, bacterial cells in your body than what you have this in the cells that make up your body. And every cell contains DNA. And DNA uh, uh, may, it makes proteins. That's what DNA is all about. It makes proteins. So when these bacteria in your gut start signaling, we need some more food, they do it by making proteins. Our body assembles the protein. I mean, it reads the protein demands coming back to it and says, oh, you know, we got a problem down here. We need some more food to feed these bacteria. So it'll trigger hunger hormones and you eat. Now, that's to put it very simply. But, right. you know, this, there, there's a symbiotic relationship that goes on between us and the microbiome that are in our, in our intestines. And so uh, when, when you abruptly change what you feed these bacteria, they don't like it. Right, and, and, and what will happen is, you see, bacteria are very picky about what they eat. In 2014, there was a big study that was done, and they actually looked at what microbes are grown from eating various food patterns. And so they, can, they, they compared a high-fat, high-protein diet to like a plant-based diet. The high-protein, high-fat diet grows a lot of bacteria that are known to be very harmful to the body, and they cause increased insulin resistance. In other words, it makes diabetes worse. The bacteria that are you're growing in your intestine can make the diabetes worse. Well, they thought, well, maybe we can just supplement, uh, you know, give supplements, bacterial supplements, and help. Well, that does help insulin resistance, but the problem is if you don't change what you eat, the good bacteria that you've taken, the probiotics that you take, don't do you any good. What you've got to do is you've got to change what you're feeding the bacteria. So if I eat high-fiber foods, they found out when people are eating high-fiber foods, it actually decreases insulin resistance. And uh, because those high-fiber foods cause the good bacteria to grow that will, will uh, make you well. And so there, there's actually a gut – uh, I mean, the gut bacteria come into big play here as you start increasing the fiber in the diet. This, this whole thing is so tightly interwoven. If you do the right things, you will start experiencing good health again. Um, and, uh, I mean – We we could talk for hours on this portion of the subject. Yeah, yeah. um,
1: So what about the idea? Because I know a lot of times when you talk to people with diabetes, there's this idea that, okay, I've got to watch my carbs. There's an obsession with carbs. Can you kind of just talk a little bit about that or or debunk that a little bit? Is there something to the carbs?
0: Uh, Actually, if you're going to reverse your diabetes, you need to increase your carbohydrate intake.
1: Wow, that's, that's, about, that's a big statement to say because a lot of people don't see it as the opposite, just not, like when you talk to people. So that's amazing. Say that again.
0: If, if, if you're going to reverse your diabetes, mm-hmm. you need to increase your carbohydrate intake. But here's the caveat. When you eat carbohydrates, carbohydrates break down into sugars. And those sugars will drive your blood sugar up. And yet studies have been done when you increase the fats, you increase insulin resistance, which makes diabetes worse. When you increase the protein intake of your, diabetes, uh, of your diet, uh, a uh, study in Europe, uh, European perspective investigation into cancer and uh, a nutrition study, It it has shown us, and this is a very large study, by the way, but it's shown us that for every 5%, you increase the protein in your diet, animal protein in the diet, there is a corresponding 30% increase in diabetes. So we take people... And we, we're, we're focused on the blood sugar. So we say, well, carbohydrates break down into blood sugar. Therefore, you shouldn't eat carbohydrates. So we have them eating fat, which is going to make diabetes worse. And we have them eating protein, which is going to make diabetes worse. And then what, what about the blood sugar? So it's the refined carbohydrate that's the problem. The So what, what we need to... Watch when we watch our carbs is we need to watch the processed food, the processed cakes, the white flour, anything that is made from white flour, white bread, uh, pasta, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the pie crusts, uh, the cookies, the snack cakes, the Pop Tarts, all those kinds of things, the processed foods. That's what we need to watch. Okay, in its place, what we need to eat are what people sometimes refer to as complex carbohydrates. I don't like that word. It's very hard to understand. What a complex carbohydrate is, is it's a whole food. It's like, you know, instead of eating, drinking mango juice or a mango smoothie, you get it off the shelf. It's supposed to be good for you. It has all kinds of words on the product label you can't pronounce uh it's a refined food product in place eat a mango instead of drinking orange juice eat the whole orange you know if you're getting the balance from nature eat the kale eat the broccoli eat the cauliflower eat the beans people say well i can't eat beans they uh um they drive my blood sugars up i don't care what your blood sugar is actually i do but what I care about is I really care about the underlying problem of insulin resistance. The fat isn't going to spike your blood sugar, but it'll make your insulin resistance worse. So I would I would prefer people eat less fat and more complex carbohydrates because you're going to begin healing at the cellular level. Yes, right at first, your blood sugar will probably tend to go up a little bit. But what's going to happen in the net, you know, in the outcome of doing this, uh, people will actually get better. For instance, uh, I, had a, I had one gentleman, a man in, in his mid 40s, that had developed diabetes. He'd had diabetes for uh, about two to three years when he came into the program. And he says, Oh, I've got to have my, my, my desserts. I have to have something sweet after every meal. I, I just can't do without it. And I said, Well, I don't care what you eat after the meal, as long as it's a whole food plant-based uh, source. Uh, so instead of, instead of uh, eating the candy after the meal or the cookies or the cakes or the ice cream, eat some fruit. It's, it, it's high in fiber. Let's work on increasing your fiber and eat fruit. So he did. He chose two of the sweetest, the highest glycemic foods out there. He chose grapes and he chose watermelon he would sometimes put down an entire watermelon in one meal. Oh, wow. And so this guy came back three months. You know, we had a follow-up program, and I checked his A1C, and it hadn't budged. And I'm thinking, did I give this man some bad advice? And I, so I asked him, I said, what are you eating? Are, are, are you still doing sugars? No, no, no. He said, you told me not to do that. I'm doing fruit after every meal. And then he told me how much, how many grapes he was eating and how much oh, – watermelon he's eating and i'm thinking no wonder his blood sugars are still up but the science is sound and so i told him i said well it sounds like you're eating all the right stuff just continue doing what you're doing three months later i checked his a1c and it's coming down. The man had lost seventy-five pounds. He was off all diabetes medications. His blood sugars were totally in the normal range. No signs and symptoms of diabetes problems. No blood pressure problems. The man's doing great. Wow. And uh, and that you know, that's one of the reasons why I say I don't care what your blood sugar is, because if you're eating the right stuff right then even though your blood sugars are running higher for a period of time they will come on down Mm. so uh so what we've got to do is we've got to stop eating the foods that are at the cellular level making diabetes worse we need to stop worrying about my blood sugar and uh start eating the foods that we know are going to contribute to he- health and healing and then this can happen but it is a gradual process and it takes it takes learning about it it takes knowledge it takes work so that's what we need to do
1: yeah, that's a that's a powerful revelation, because I think with most people, when you have diabetes, you're very obsessed with that sugar level number. Oh, yes. So learning this and understanding that that number does not symbolize your actual healing and and, and, and reversal of the diabetes. Um, that's that's like a light bulb going off. Mm-hmm. So. In terms of the format of your program, could you talk a little bit about the format of your program and how does that differ from the Standard American Diabetes Association program? What's the difference?
0: Okay. Well, the Standard American Diabetes Association, I don't want to talk bad about anybody out there because doctors, nurses, uh, scientists have been working for years to try to help us uh, get the best outcomes from our, our diseases. So first of all, you know, I'll preface what I'm to say there this has been the gold standard that we have gone to for many years however you know we need to remember that we live in an information age every day there are hundreds of new uh scientific reports that are out there and only two percent of everything science learns ever trickles down to the general public so are there better ways of doing it i stood at uh i used to work for uh um the nation's largest private snack cake manufacturer. And as I stood there with the founder of the company one day, we were looking at the world's most automated uh, cookie manufacturing line. And he said, Steve, I'm going to tell you something. I want you to remember, no matter how good you can do something, there is always a better way. And that made a profound impression on me. So I, I, I tried to look to see if, There is a better way. So the American Diabetes Association's program is uh, something that is an evidence-based program. That means it's backed by years of science. We know how well it works, and we know that it does work to help control blood sugars and help people have better long-term outcomes. So if, if you will follow their program, you will get results. However, when we go back to the real science and study it, I see multiple opportunities where we can do something better. And so therefore, we put together this program. I call it a the new platinum standard. You know, let's get the best of the best and let's start teaching that. Let's gravitate toward that and see if we can get better outcomes. Where, where people like Dr. Neil Bernard or Dr. Joel Furman have studied uh, plant-based approaches to managing diabetes, their studies show that it's two and a half to three times more um effective at um controlling diabetes and helping reverse the symptoms than is the standard uh program i mean the ada program so is there a better way i'm i'm a firm believer that there is a better way and so let's educate ourselves as to what it is and uh and see what kind of outcomes we can get and the outcomes are are amazing People will just tell me over and over, you know, your program, i I worked for years to control my diabetes. I think one lady, she, she's a nurse, a registered nurse, and she, she knew well the things that she needed to do according to the standard approach. And uh, despite everything that she had done, You know, she was doing the exercise. She's eating the right foods uh, uh, that we tell them to eat. She's trying to control her sugars. And nonetheless, the doc's going up on her medicines and her a one c starting to go out of control. And she was just feeling desperate to do something. So she heard about our program. She said, well, I think I'll go and check this out and see if there's anything to it. And uh, begged her husband to come. But she came and went through the program. Uh, her husband did the program with her, and he was just blown away because within uh, uh, six weeks, I think it was, he lost like 40 pounds, and it just transformed his life. He felt so much better, so much more energy, and and his wife was doing better. Uh, she had to work on it for a little more than a year, but he, uh, after after a little more than a year, we started getting reports from them that, you know, she's completely off of her medications. Blood sugars are stable now. Uh, she's She's doing very well. And, um, um, so we, we just need to go down the path. Uh, so when, when you compare our program is a best practices program, it, it is not, it is not, uh, backed up by years of peer reviewed science. Uh, this is just putting together you know, that we have mined the literature for things out there that will improve diabetes, will help make it better, and we've brought all these things together and we've put together a plan. Now I'm not the person, I'm not the person that invented all the stuff that we teach. There's lots of other scientists out there that have contributed to this. I'm simply standing on the shoulders of giants. But what we have done, we have pulled the GET program together and we've put it into uh, uh, a format that is teachable to the general public. And so we teach the general public uh, what to do. Now, you know, there's there been diabetes reversal programs out there, I know, for almost 40 years now. But typically you have to go into an inpatient setting in order to go through those programs. And when they have done the follow up program, uh, uh, follow up assessments of how well their program works, they know it works in the inpatient setting. But when you send the people home, they go back into their regular kitchens. Mm. And when they think, well, what shall I do for breakfast? Well, for the last 30 years, they've done uh, ham and eggs or uh, bacon and eggs for breakfast and maybe grits or something like that on the side. So they start doing the same kind of breakfast all over again that they've done for all these years. It's just we fall back into the same pattern. We need to develop new habits and that needs to happen in the home setting. So when we when we present our program, we like to do it in at least six sessions. I, I think it actually would work better if we would break it down and do it in eight, 10 or 12 sessions because uh, it'll, it allows the people to go home and practice the things they've learned. Then we come back and we talk about it and we learn some more information and we go back and we try again. And uh, you, know, you have in, in, interaction back and forth that can happen in and uh, that helps us grow um, and uh, so that that's we, we, we do our program typically over six weeks uh, with in, highly encouraging whoever teaches the program to schedule follow-ups bring the people back in right. and uh, one of, one of the best things for follow-up is a health club you know all the people that have gone through your classes bring them back and do a health club and you just get together and you share food or recipes or, uh, you know, just time to interact together on a social level. And right. that, that helps people grow. I've seen so many people say, oh, this was so worth it. I've got to go back and get on the bandwagon again. I've fallen off. and You know, I need to do these things because I, I see how it's changed your life. I'd like for it to change my life that way.
1: Yeah, that that community support is so important in this process. So can you give the audience just maybe a couple things? I know there's a lot of um, different things that, you know, it's taught in this six-week program. But I know one of them you said, okay, there's increasing fiber to 50 grams. Can you just name maybe one or two other things that are part of the program in terms of the reversing of the diabetes
0: Okay, well one of the things we we recommend is burst training. It's a particular form of exercise that's extremely important and we've talked for 8 years now that that th- this was uh is one of the best ways actually to reverse insulin resistance. Uh actually what we're learning now as we study deeper into it is you've just got to make activity a part of your daily life. You know, it, it, it if you can think of some way, some kind of way to move and have fun, get busy and start having fun. Uh, let's, let, let's move. You know, if you, if, if exercise is something that you absolutely abhor, well, don't worry about exercising. If you like going on walks, then go on walks. If you like, uh, if you like, um, water aerobics and you have a, 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 a that kind of opportunity near your house, do that. I don't care what form of exercise you're doing, do something, you know, where you're getting up and moving. Uh, Studies have shown even that people that sit at desks, even if they're doing good exercise programs, that prolonged periods of sitting at a desk will cause them uh, to develop insulin resistance. It can be it can be just as simple as setting a timer in every 30 minutes. You stand up, walk around your desk, go to the water fountain. Maybe you walk down a flight of stairs and back up again. You carry a memo across the office to somebody else. Uh, you, you go for a walk after lunch for, for even five minutes or whatever, you know, Build multiple sessions of physical activity of some kind into your day so you're not sitting and, uh, uh, you know, you're not sitting and vegging out all the time. When we get home, at the end of the day, we're tired. So what do we do? We sit down on the couch and turn on the TV. Uh, It's the wrong thing to do. Find some physical activity of some kind to engage in that you enjoy doing and do it. So physical activity. That's very important. Um, another thing would be uh, consider intermittent fasting. Don't do this until you get your fiber grams up to uh, 50 grams or so a day. But once, once you've got your, you're eating lots of fiber foods, fiber-rich foods, uh, then, then start doing intermittent fasting. Cut out about an eight-hour window of time during the day when you'll, you'll allow yourself to eat. And you eat your meals in that period of time, and then the rest of the time, you don't eat. Okay. Uh, no, n- nothing between meals. No snacks. No sugary beverages. Um, um, you know, you're just for 18 hours. You're not eating. What happens is about um, about uh, 10 or t- to 12 hours into that period of time. You will empty out everything that's in your stomach and your small intestine gets empty. And there are hormonal changes in your body that will cause your body to begin defatting the liver. And uh, that, that helps get rid of the root cause of diabetes. So it's a very effective approach in order to, uh, to do your diabetes. And of course, don't do anything, I say, until you talk with your doctor. Lifestyle changes will, uh, will, will definitely change how your blood sugars react. And so you need to keep your doctor informed because he may need to adjust your medications for your own safety if you're going to increase your exercise or you're going to start eating differently.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things that's uh, alarming with diabetes, um, I remember reading a study that stated that diabetes can be a gateway to other chronic diseases like high blood pressure and heart disease. And so by being able to nip your diabetes or to reverse it can save you from entering into other chronic diseases that could affect your longevity.
0: Oh, that's absolutely, absolutely the case. And, uh, you know, the, the, it. I, I was listening to Dr. Dean Ornish talking recently, and he was talking about these lifestyle changes and these chronic degenerative diseases. But he said, it's interesting that it's the same diet. That will reverse your diabetes and it'll reverse your blood pressure and it will reverse a lot of these other chronic uh, degenerative diseases that are out there. And just uh, a case in point, we had uh, one gentleman came through the program and we were telling him, you need to monitor your blood pressure and, you know, uh, keep your doctor informed of what your numbers are doing. So he had gone home and he had been watching his blood pressure, among other things. And we tell people that's one of the first signs that you will know your diabetes is reversing is your blood pressure begins coming back down to normal. So you need to let your doctor know. So he called his doctor up about three months after he had on started the program and said, my blood pressure's coming way on down. Don't you think it's time for me to cut back on these blood pressure medicines? And she said, absolutely not. You keep taking your medicines just like I told you. So he kept checking his blood pressure every day and writing it down in his calendar. But two weeks later, he stood up off the couch and passed out cold. Wow, and uh, his wife went and got the blood pressure cuff and put it on his arm. His blood pressure was eighty over forty-one, Ooh. and yeah. he said, "He said I'm not going to take any more blood pressure medicines until I see my doctor." So he took his calendar with him and went into a for a doctor's appointment. He got a doctor's appointment a week later, and uh, she, she checked his pressure and said. And how long has it been since you've taken your blood pressure medicine? He said, it's been a week. She said, well, don't start back now. She took them <laughs> off cholesterol medicines. She took them off everything. She said, when you started this program, I didn't believe it would work. Mm. She said, whatever you're doing, you keep doing it. But yeah. you don't need these medicines now. So keep your doctor informed. That's for your own safety.
1: Yes, that makes total sense. And there are so many areas we could talk forever, but I know I have to wrap it up. But one of the things that really stood out for me, because I think a lot of times people don't understand the power of eating whole foods and what it can do to our bodies and there's a study that you teach in the class a little caveat about epigenetics and how when we eat it could actually turn off the bad cells and what we can eat can turn on the good cells can you just tell the audience a little bit about that because i think this is so important for people to see the link between how we're eating and how it actually works in our overall health even beyond diabetes
0: Okay, well, I'll try to put this in a nutshell for you. Yeah. Um, Most people are aware that we get half of our genes from our mother and half from our father. And they know about genetics. They know about the science of genetics. But it was in 2010 that... uh, scientists reported in a public way for the first time about epigenetics. Now, epi means factors on top of, so factors on top of your genes that control how the genes express themselves. And so we've learned in the years since that there's many things that you can do to actually change your genetic expression. I know people, they say, well, I have diabetes. My parents have diabetes and my aunt has diabetes. You know, it just runs in my family. Uh, and and they'll go down the long litany well what i'm here to tell you is just because you have the gene doesn't mean the gene has to express itself you can actually turn those genes off that are causing the problem and uh, how's that happen well uh according to the national institutes of health one of the biggest mechanisms is something that's called dna methylation when we eat certain foods that are high in the methyl groups, they have the ability to turn off the bad genes and turn on the good genes. I like to call it the fingerprint of God's creation uh, because, uh, because this can happen and the results can be really amazing as, as, as it does. Um, And it can happen in a fairly short period of time. The thing is, your body has an epigenetic memory, both a good epigenetic memory and a bad epigenetic memory. These things can, you can retain some of these changes in your body and pass them down to your offspring up to the third and fourth generation. And, uh, um, but it is the pigments, in colorful vegetables that are one of the greatest sources of the methyl groups that will change your, uh, your gene expression. So we need to be eating every color of the rainbow every day, especially the green leafies green leafies but the reds the the purples the the dark colors especially uh they are they are so rich in these methyl groups and when you eat them it starts changing the underlying gene expression if you can couple that with some of these other lifestyle changes that we talk about you will see results you will see results and it can happen very rapidly
1: Wonderful. So for the audience that's listening and they're thinking, well, I need to know more. How could I get into one of these Grundy reversing diabetes seminars? How can they get a hold of you and and, and what's the contact information for that?
0: OK, well, if they will go to Lifestyle Makeovers with an S, LifestyleMakeovers.org. Uh, They can uh, um, read up a lot more information. Uh, It's just just some general information that's there. If they really want to get in a little deeper, then follow the links. When you see a word highlighted in blue, click on it. It'll take you out to interviews with doctors, or uh, you'll see uh, maybe scientific articles or other things that could help them in a great uh, way. We also have our food list there. Uh, Go under educational resources uh, tab, menu tab at the top, and uh, check that out. Um, And you'll find a food choice graph and a food choice list. Uh, You can download those and just print them right from your computer. That'll help you know what to eat. And uh, um, if you need to email me, it's Stephen with a P-H, at lifestyle makeovers.org
1: wonderful so how many cities right now is the grundy workshop being um taught in so, <laughs> i have like a no few idea. names that you could cities that you could throw out
0: or oh, i have i have no idea we're in 17 states now you're going to see a lot of wow. them you're, uh-huh. you're going to see a lot of them in the southeast united states yeah. um in tennessee um especially east tennessee uh uh georgia Um, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, Florida. um, You're going to see some maybe even in Maryland. uh, There'll be in Indiana, uh, Illinois, um, Iowa, Missouri. um, There's uh, even out Washington State, um, Idaho. Um, there's quite a few all over the place, but yes. for those people that are not near now, we, we've been working on our website and I'm, I have to apologize that my calendar is not as up to date as we would like it. We just got that fixed and we've just started entering classes again. We have, we will be entering more as time goes on, but, uh, they can certainly get the program. They can get the, uh, you know, just, uh, go to our online shop and, um, um, buy a, uh, dvd of the program or workbooks or there's other resources that are there as well full plate diet is a wonderful book to get teaches right. you what foods are high in in fiber etc so those are some resources that are available that they can help them
1: okay so this is something that they could buy and actually do like a group study with other people in their home setting or absolutely like that okay wonderful Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. So I normally ask all of my guests at the end, and um, just a random question that you could just answer from your own experience. This show is called Eat Your Best Life. So I kind of ask, uh, metaphorically, if there were three things that you had to put in your picnic basket to eat your best life, what were those three things that you would say?
0: You're asking me what I would say?
1: Yeah, so what you would say. you could relate it to diabetes or you could just relate it to overall health. What are the
0: number reasons? one? Put yes. the green leafy vegetables in one of my favorites yes. is kale mm. but uh, uh you have to learn how to cook kale a lot of people are not particularly fond of the green because the green leafy vegetables contain uh, you know they, they're sort of on the bitter remember your tastes are going to change and right. if you feed yourself these foods you will get to where you really like them and relish them so uh anyway kale kale is great and there's lots of different ways to fix it uh one 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 of my favorites is simply a a fresh green smoothie in the morning and, uh, you know, just put like a banana and a pineapple and uh, some berries uh, like blueberries or strawberries or blackberries or something like that in a high speed blender along with maybe an apple and a fistful size of kale. Blend the thunder out of that, and it makes a wonderful quick breakfast. Loaded in nutrients, loaded in those colorful pigments, and uh, it'll it'll set you off, give you energy for all day long. It's high in fiber. There you go. I mean, it, it, it's fruit. It'll spike your blood sugar right at first, but um, but that will gradually come down as you increase the fiber levels of your uh, of your diet. So kale would have to be number one. Uh, then I would say. Uh, um, the uh, colorful vegetables, any of the colorful vegetables, I mean, whether it's a winter squash, you know, like butternut squash or zucchini or acorn, or it's something like the cucumbers or uh, or red or yellow peppers or uh, those kind of things those veggies would be next. And the third category, I would probably do legumes. Uh, You know, those would be your beans, things like the pinto beans or great northern beans or uh, kidney beans or October beans and any of those bean categories. And the reason I picked those is because they are so super high in fiber. And that will, uh, that, that'll give me lots of the fiber. So it's going to be whole plant-based foods would be my three first choices.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Stephen, for being on the show. It was such an honor to have you and the information that you gave was priceless. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for coming on the show. Well,
0: thank you for the opportunity. Blessings to each one of you and your listeners.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode, but I wanted to let you in on something. If you were or are a trainer of the Grundy Reversing Diabetes Seminar, or you're someone who was a participant in the Grundy Reversing Diabetes Seminar, and you want to stay connected with others just like you, you can join the private Facebook group, Grundy Reversing Diabetes Seminar group. See you there. You've been listening to the Eat Your Best Life, the podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. Until next time, thank you for listening.